Welcome to the HJ Talks About Abuse podcast. In this podcast, we talk about sexual abuse cases in the hope it will assist listeners in openly discussing topics which have been ignored for too long. This podcast is brought to you by the abuse team at Hugh James. We are lawyers, so we do tend to speak about the legal aspects of abuse cases, but we aren't too shy to speak up about the broader issues faced by survivors too. Hello everyone and welcome to the Hugh James Abuse Team podcast. I'm Alan Collins and I'm joined today by my colleague Sam Barker. Hello. And today we're going to be talking about missing children in care. And we've decided to talk about this because The Guardian has recently reported that MPs are to launch an inquiry into the record number of children missing from care in England. Yeah, well, basically The the Guardian highlighted some very alarming statistics, I would say, in, in this article. Um, And a lot of this arises out of a a group that I wasn't aware existed, which is called the All-Party Parliamentary Group for Runaway and Missing Children and Adults. So this group, which is headed by Anne Coffey, has sought to raise these issues in Parliament to make sure this is given due consideration, which I would say is absolutely required given the following statistics that I'm going to quote for, for the listeners now. So The Guardian has stated that there's an increase of 1,000 children who have gone missing in care homes since 2015. This is after being moved to new areas, often miles away from their own homes, and this is known as out-of-care placement. So that's 1,000 children since 2015 who have gone missing. I would say that is extremely alarming by any view. Further, the numbers have more than doubled from 990 in 2015 to 1,990 in 2018. That, that is children being sent out of in an out-of-care placement, which shows a 31% increase in children who have gone missing from those kind of homes. So th- that in itself is extremely alarming. And further, the government years ago in 2013 said that they would reduce numbers in cross-border placements, but the inquiry has shown that 64% of all young people living in children's homes now live out of the borough they were brought up in. So that's up 46%, contrary to what the government said they would do in 2013. And of course, this must be a big issue because these are vulnerable children that have been taken into care in the first place. And the concern is, is that many of these children will be literally jumping out of the frying pan into the fire, being at risk of exploitation, sexual exploitation, get involved in grooming and criminality and of course it's quite topical at the moment that very vulnerable children are being sort of recruited into sort of drug gangs and being used to ferry drugs around the country um, from you know cities out into the countryside and so on so I think it's very topical and I think it's good that this all parliamentary all party parliamentary group are, are looking into this yeah I agree look I think perhaps before we get into the, the nitty-gritty of the, the issues that surround this, perhaps it would be interesting for the listeners to know a bit about the, um, the legal framework which surrounds children in care here in England and Wales. So very you know, broad brush summary, children who are put into the care of local councils essentially done so on a care order. There are different ways, but if we talk about care orders today, I think that would probably be the one that would make the most sense. Yeah, care order is where usually what happens is that local authority, social services, have real concerns about the welfare of a child and they apply to the court and the court makes 
an order that the child goes into the care of the local authority and that often means the child being taken away from their home environment and sent to a children's home or into a foster placement uh, and effectively the child becomes the responsibility of the local authority the local authority becomes the parent yeah yeah exactly what you're saying there the local authority becomes the de facto parent and that essentially encompasses the duty that they owe to these children they stand in the place of the child's parents and you would expect that they would be cared for to the to the same degree or it's certainly better than they were at home by the local authority so th- that kind of largely gives a bit of a summary of the, the the legal framework surrounding it but alan i was going to ask you and perhaps you can explain to the, the listeners the legal issues surrounding out of placement care and the local authorities using third-party providers and how they're able to do this there have been big legal arguments over the years and they are ongoing ones about the responsibility, the legal responsibility of local authorities as regards children taken into care who are then effectively farmed out Mm. to third parties, um, maybe private care homes, um, foster parents and, and so on. And terrible things have happened. Often we see cases where the child, having been taken into care, is sent out to live in a a children's home somewhere or with a foster family, and they've been abused sexually and physically. And the argument has been, well, who's actually responsible for that? Clearly, Mm -hmm. in a criminal sense, the perpetrators. But what about the local authority? So there's been these arguments uh, about answering that question where the survivors or victims of the abuse said well surely the local authority ought to be responsible because they were my affected parent and local authorities are are sort of saying well we don't see why that should be because our obligation was to remove you from whatever dangerous environment you were in and that's the end of it and so we shouldn't then be responsible if other things happen to you but then there's been some very good cases over recent years which have highlighted the legal argument and often from a survivor's point of view, the injustice of the legal situation. And one of those cases is Bryn Allen, which is a North Wales case. Bryn Allen was a, a children's home that was run by a notorious sex offender called John Allen, who's currently serving life imprisonment for abuse. He was able to set up his own private children's home enterprise and local authorities would send children in their care to Bryn Allen and sadly at Bryn Allen they would be abused by John Allen and others and whilst John Allen may well be behind bars many of the victims have gone without the justice as they see it they've tried to bring claims but have been unsuccessful the Bryn Allen institution was effectively uninsured or lack the necessary insurance cover to cover the sexual abuse that the children were subjected to. And there is this ongoing argument as to whether or not the local authorities who sent the children to Bryn Allen ought to be liable. They say they shouldn't be because Bryn Allen was a private institution and therefore nothing to do with them. And the fact that they sent children to Bryn Allen is neither here nor there. And obviously the victims say otherwise. So this remains an ongoing legal argument and the senior courts in the land and particularly the Supreme Court have tried to unravel all of this and we seem to make some progress in unravelling the legal liability here. Um, There's a a very important case called Arms 
versus Nottinghamshire County Council, where the Supreme Court said that in some circumstances, local authorities can be legally responsible for abuse committed by foster parents, not necessarily in every single case, but as a general principle, that is possible. And until recent times, um, the legal position was that foster parents, if they abused, um, the local authority who placed the children with those foster parents would not be liable. But the Supreme Court sort of basically overturned that legal proposition and said that in some circumstances, yeah. local authorities would be. So that gives you a sort of snapshot of what is actually quite a complex legal position. Yeah, Absolutely, it is. And to, to, to go back to the point about arms there, you've obviously described the situation in which the local council will be found liable for the actions of foster parents. Uh, another subset of that decision was that the Supreme Court found that it was permissible for the local authorities to essentially use third-party providers to provide this care that the, the council is required to give these children, which means that they can engage a third party to carry out this duty that's owed. And if that duty is performed negligently, which in circumstances such as in Bryn Allen, you would say that it almost certainly was, the Supreme Court says that, well, the, the, the effect of the Supreme Court decision there is that it questions whether the local council will be liable at all for that because they've delegated that duty of care. So that, that kind of gives rise to the councils being able to use third party providers and these out-of-area placements. You might be, or the listeners might be wondering what an out-of-area placement is. It really quite literally what it sounds like. Uh, it describes the practice of local councils sending children away from the area that they grew up in to be cared for in another area by a third-party provider. So, for example, with the cases that Hugh James and our team deal with, we have clients who were born in and grew up in Birmingham and Liverpool and places around there and were sent to North Wales for their care with the Bryn Allen community being the care providers there. So this was an issue back 20 years ago, 30 years ago. It remains an issue today. The council still use third-party providers. Alan mentioned briefly what all went wrong in, uh, in Bryn Allen, and certainly there is a lot that went wrong there, which is wider than just the Bryn Allen community. There was, this was effectively referred to as the North Wales scandal, where the police have confirmed since November 2012, 235 people came forward with information regarding alleged abuse in care homes in North Wales. So we saw this was an issue back then, and this... Guardian article has effectively highlighted that this remains an issue today. So I think it'd be interesting to talk about when this, this same situation has caused problems years ago, what, what lessons have we learned from it? And today, what are we taking away from essentially the issues and the mistakes that were made in the past? Alan, what do you, what do you think about that? Well, it seems logical that the risk of harm is surely increased when a child is sent away from the social workers allocated to their case and may have some, some knowledge of them and their family and their particular circumstances and so on. And so, you know, if that child is sent out of that area, you know, they lose those contacts. And we often hear of cases where children complain that they then don't see the social worker, if maybe not for many, many months, if at all. Yeah. So you can see how children can easily fall between the gap in the, in the care services that are meant to be provided if there is this removal out of the area. Yeah, 
I think that that's exact. I think that's exactly right. It's 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 really highlighting the, the you're taking children who are already being removed from very vulnerable and risky situations, and they're being put in environments where they don't know the people who are caring for them. They don't know the people in the community, and they don't have family nearby, and their social worker isn't nearby. I think that's really important. The fact that they're allocated a social worker when the council takes care proceedings and the child's put into care, and then they're sent away. You know, what what role does the the, the social worker play in that scenario? Yeah, and um, you know, if the social worker is no longer on the scene and the child falls in the in the gap, so to speak then we know from the very recent grooming cases how particularly men who are set on grooming children either for sexual exploitation or criminal exploitation are able to recruit Mm. these vulnerable children and use them as either drug couriers or other criminal activity and of course you then get the sexual exploitation as well and we've seen have we not some really notorious cases in the you know the last year or so we can think of Aylesbury, um, Rotherham, Oxford and so on uh, you know you, this is wide scale abuse of very vulnerable children and in a sense none of this is really new because for decades we have seen lots of cases where unhappy children a long way away from home actually escape from the children's homes or the placements and they try and make their way back to their hometown back to you know where they came from and you know you have this sort of revolving door syndrome of children running away being caught sent back and in between times are more risk because they are a large no one knows where they are and they are easy prey for those who are intent on misusing them exactly look i think that's a really good point the idea that or the, the reality that children when they're taken away from the area they grew up in an area that they're connected with thrown into a new environment where they don't know anybody leaving and trying to get back to where they came from i think that's a really good point and is demonstrated and evidenced i think by the fact that 1,000 children have gone missing from care homes since 2015. In my view, that's an inarguable sign that the system is broken in that regard. What higher level of failure could you have than the children you are meant to be caring for literally going missing? They don't know where they are now. It's That is a tragedy. Yeah, one of our more recent cases involves a Nottinghamshire children's home. And again, you know, we have children running away because of what was happening there and repeatedly being picked up and returned and no one actually picking up on why these children should be running away from the children's home. It's just recycled failings, and it is tragic that here we are in 2019, but we still have these problems, and it's necessary for this all-parliamentary group of MPs um, to look into all of this. But quite clearly, it is an urgent concern that is fully justified um, in being explored by this inquiry. Yeah, so... That is being considered at the moment in Parliament, it seems. Another issue that's being considered uh, in the courts at the moment is the nature of the duty of care that is owed by the local councils. Again, this is an issue that has arisen and is essentially in in relation to whether it is a negligent act to send these children away to these institutions that are quite far from where they they grew up. And um, is this the Paul Borough Council case that you are referring to because we're waiting for the Supreme Court to 
hand down its judgment in Paul Borough Council because that will influence how local authorities consider their duty of care to vulnerable children. Yeah, I was actually thinking about current litigation that's apparently currently making its way through the courts, but certainly the point you raised there is very, very valid. The CN and Paul case will have serious ramifications on how we categorise these duties of care and how we look at the, or what the council should look at their um, duties towards these children. Look, in my, in my view, even in light of arms, which confirmed that the local councils are able to delegate that duty and they're able to engage their party providers, that doesn't do away with the duty of care they owe. The, 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 the child is still on a care order. There is still a duty of care owed. And the question is whether it's a negligent performance of that duty to send children away. And perhaps it can be if the proper measures aren't taken to make sure the risk of harm is reduced making sure these third-party providers don't have an absolutely robust system of protecting the children they care for, or if the child is particularly vulnerable and that's known to the local council and they're sent away to an area where they don't know anybody and you know, arguably more susceptible to the risk of being exposed to grooming gangs or drug gangs, etc. So in my view, it would be totally justified to have the duty of care extended in that way. And I would go further and say that if the Supreme Court does not make it abundantly clear what the extent of the duty of care is and who that duty of care is actually owed to, then this all-parliamentary group of MPs um, ought to be invited to recommend to Parliament that it legislates to make the position abundantly clear so that children are properly protected and the children have a full set of legal rights. I think that would be a good step as well. Look, Alan, one final question. Did you know that today is Anzac Day? I did know it was Anzac Day today, and it's a very important day, and we should always remember the considerable sacrifices made in the First World War at Gallipoli by all those men who gave their lives so that we may be free, and for those who were left behind and their families. So it's always very important that we remember that, and we um, respect Anzac Day. And of course, um, that's just reminded me, I'm I'm rather partial to Anzac biscuits. (laughs) Brilliant. I actually couldn't have said that better myself, and uh, I I did not think I was going to trip you up on that, because um, the listeners might be interested to know that Alan, in another life, you know, in a uh, sliding doors moment could have been a history major years ago and gone to college to do that. But he thankfully for all of us chose law. So thank you for listening and thank you, Alan. Thank you very much. And it's now time to find some Anzac biscuits. (laughs) Thank you for listening to this episode of HJ Talks About Abuse. You can subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Spotify, and Google Play. If you would like to speak to Alan or I about something you have heard this week, or even if you would like to suggest a topic for a future episode, please do get in touch at aboutabuse at hjtalks.co.uk 